Welcome back to the Wedding Wisdom Podcast with Doug Winters. I am, as always, your host, Doug Winters. This is episode 57, and I'm delighted to have as my guest, Joy Locke of On The Mark Events in Stamford, Connecticut. And what I wanted to really discuss was off-premise catering. So we do, we definitely talk about off-premise catering. We talk about a lot of other things, including virtual happy hours and how she makes the perfect egg white margarita, which I can't wait to taste. But what I enjoyed most about the conversation is her unbridled enthusiasm for what we all do, this hospitality industry, which is so enormous and filled with people who are very passionate about what they do, and I'm very proud to be a part of it. As you can tell with every Zoom conversation, there's a little bit of awkwardness until we finally get to hear each other and see each other and then settle into the conversation, but settle in we do. So here is me and Joy. Now we good? Now we good. Awesome. What a team. Electronic wizards. So how are you? I'm good, just another day, you know. This is insane. I'm telling you, this is something we're going to tell our grandchildren about. They're going to say, come yeah, on, I you couldn't, couldn't possibly have spent six months in your house not doing a single gig. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's wild. It's it's an unprecedented, just unimaginable experience. It really, it is truly unimaginable. And, but yet, here we, here we are. Yeah, we're here we are. And uh, I think we're actually recording and all this. All right. So let's talk about On The Mark. Okay. I have long felt, being a resident of Westchester, Mm -hmm. that Westchester is in desperate need of great new locations. And I got called to do a wedding at Hudson Lawson, Irvington, where I used to live. And I got really excited. I started following you guys on Instagram, and I started reading about Crave, reading about On The Mark, and... The research I did on you is that you went to Rutgers as a dance major. Then you bartended. Yeah. (laughs) Bartended. Private events director at Arama. Yeah. Hospitality group. Arama. It was like a Mediterranean-inspired restaurant, waterfront in Edgewater, New Jersey. It was my first management experience, like, in hospitality. I had a really interesting boss there that was, like, this kind of crazy Greek man that I loved, like, a dad. And he would, like, yell at me about... His principles, he was very philosophical. Greek or not in Greek, no. <laughs> be like, Joy, where will they go to get this? And I'd be like, You're right. I don't know. They want it for free. I don't know what to tell you, Simos. So it was a fun it was time. Good training. Yeah. And he really let me learn a lot. Like I got to be the buyer and select all the spirits and taste the wines and decide what we bought. And it was a very global wine list. So we were doing like Greek whites by the glass and Barolo via Corvin and just like ridiculous stuff. And I was meeting like the people making the wine and the spirits and letting them interact with my bartenders and having the bartenders be inspired by what these guys were making and, and then allowing the bartenders to make cocktails and kind of reviewing them internally so that they could have a chance to like own it. Remember I told you I had Harriet Rose Katz on? Yeah. Before, unfortunately, right before she passed, but she was telling me this great story that her husband was a big wine connoisseur. Yeah. And the more she learned about wines, she realized was a tremendous asset in talking to people about their events, about the different wines that are going to be served at their events. Yeah, it's true. You can you can tell a lot about a person just. I mean, even in the culture of bartending about a person based on what they drink, when they drink and who they drink with. And then in terms of the wine, you can get a feel for like the flavors that might inspire their actual food and menu selection, even their budget sometimes. The client's talking to me about drinking back to back. 1970 Barolos from like a single vineyard. I know that they're a different client than a client is just who's just talking about Miller Lite, you know? That's a good thing. And then Comparti. It's Comparti. It means to share. Um, those guys have a really creative menu and, and design. And, and I honestly didn't even know what catering was when I took the job. Um, I was under the same impression that all of my friends are still under, which is that catering is 
drop off sandwiches to like someone's like <laughs> office. Like I didn't really fully understand what I was getting myself into, but um, because their boutique, I was able to touch and feel the many different kind of passion and pain points of catering with a small intimate team, which was really special. And then on the mark, then you've been here for two years and one month, according to LinkedIn. Yeah. So I've been with and that's the, the end of my LinkedIn study. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> um, on the mark is, is really cool because my roots obviously are in performance, but they're also in, in hospitality, um, and in restaurants and my colleagues at on the mark have very extensive, the culinary team, the, the, the operations, the planners, the sales folks, even the marketing team, we all have deep roots in restaurant service. And we're also very agile and like still kind of deciding what our wheel is going to be as a company, just based on where we're serving. But it's been nice to be with a bunch of hospitality professionals who see it the same way and want to kind of break the mold of what catering is. Okay, so this is what I wanted to talk to you about. Describe to people, like you said, your friends still think catering means dropping off sandwiches at someone's office. Can you describe what off-premise catering is as opposed to on-premise catering? No, of just course. House. Yeah. When you're that, when the whether you're the actual house kitchen or something. Yeah. So um, there are two facets of on and off-premise catering that we participate within. A hotel or a restaurant or even a venue that has an in-house food and beverage purveyor is different than an off-premise caterer, which is what our primary focus is, because an on-premise venue has the tables, chairs, glassware. Off-premise catering, we show up the day of or the day prior sometimes, depending on the size of the event. And potentially it's a, an industrial loft or it's a barn in a backyard or an airplane hangar or it's al fresco and we're outside. Um, and we're setting- a lot, a lot of weddings are like are intense. Yeah. For example. So we're setting yeah. up or a kitchen. Backyards. We're setting up a brand new kitchen with rented equipment, tables, china, glassware. So we're setting up the space that the on-premise vendor already has to execute for that single event. So we're bringing the staff, the food, the beverage, the tables, chairs, glassware, silverware, linens. Hypothetically, we are ordering those last few things, the rentals, as someone call, some would call them, through our, yeah. our partners, whether it's party rental or something different or, you know, um, or Brooklyn party, I'm sorry, or uh, Broadway party rental. Broadway party rental. Um, yeah. Which is the one with the elephant on the That's truck. party rental. Um, they that's are rental. a special favorite of ours. We have a really wonderful partnership with them. They've, they've been, and Jim McManus from party rental has been just immensely supportive of us and our growth over like the past 10, 13 years. Um, he's been, he has been, a driving force, even in just changing to, to do crave, but they've been incredible. Um, so yeah, so we have which, to, which we'll get to in a minute. Yeah. We'll to, I def definitely want to get to crave partnership, but yeah, that's like, so yeah. So basically we're the ninjas of the event of the events industry. We're bringing in the entire event setup, and we're, we're hopefully executing food and beverage that is of a level of restaurant quality food, but it's out of a catering kitchen. And so oftentimes we have this hilarious, like the sales and operations teams for off-premise catering. They have these hilarious conversations with clients where they're like, Joy, you know, there's a full, there's a full kitchen in the venue. And I'm like, so you're telling me that you saw a sink with running water, right? Like, is there <laughs> ventilation? Is there electric power? Um, how far is it from where you intend us to serve hors d'oeuvres or where you intend for us to serve dinner or dessert? Um, you know, like they just yeah, have yeah, these yeah. outlandish There's ideas. Refrigeration. Is there refrigeration? Is there a freezer if yeah. you want ice cream? Do they have any equipment yeah. on site? Does the equipment work? Is the equipment that I'm getting from a rental company going to work? Do I have running water? Are the water? coffee pots, are the coffee pots uh, going to explode the generator? Coffee is the bane of any <laughs> caterer's existence. Like <laughs> I, know, I can't tell you, I did an event at the Time Center a few months ago and like we did 250 guests but they had four, mm -hmm. like four 45 minute intervals of programming and they would come out 
each grab a coffee and then put it down to go back inside. And we would have to rebrew <laughs> all the coffee over and over again and all the running waters in the basement. So it was just really wonderful. That's hysterical. Yeah. But coffee is like, I've, we've all developed our own like pour over methods of however we're going to get coffee. If the power isn't circulating through the coffee machine. Why do you think that is? Cause I've, I've literally interviewed a bunch of heavy duty party planners yeah. in the city. They've all talked about when they do something off premise, yeah. in someone's backyard, whether it's a $10 million installation in Lake Como. They all talk about the thing that sucks power out of a generator more than anything is a coffee pot. Yes. And uh, the first time I heard this, I was like, you got to be kidding it's me. It's true. So they said, no, literally a coffee pot. I've had a waiter plug two coffee machines. Like this is just sweet oftentimes in catering, in hospitality, there's like kind of this rotating door and you're dealing with people who are sometimes really excited to be there and sometimes don't want to be there at all. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so you tell oh, you them, the wait staff. yeah, the wait staff. And so you, you tell yeah. them like, Hey Bob, like, I'd really love it if you could plug the coffee in now. Cause you're anticipating that you're going to serve it in an hour or 45 minutes. <laughs> and Bob takes both of them, even though you tell him not to, and he plugs them both into the same outlet and he short circuits the entire floor the entire generator, maybe the kitchen, you know, it really depends on where he's plugging in, but you have to be so granular and potentially even like be there while they're plugging the coffee in to make sure that it doesn't I happen. I was just going to yeah. ask you that. because It's a new person you don't trust. Like you don't leave, like trust no cater waiter, like go with them, yeah, yeah, yeah. help them go out, train them so that they feel confident to. Coffee pots. Coffee pots. All right, so these are coffee pots that hold how many cups of coffee? Um, like typically, 50, people like order like a 50-cup pot. There's also a 100-cup pot available. Um, it depends on the guest count. I found specifically at weddings that only like 40% of guests even think about coffee, let alone actually getting coffee. Um, yeah, because too busy drinking. It. Yeah, they're they're wasted. They don't care. What, what do you need coffee yeah. for? You're having the time of your life. Like, the band's playing... Like maybe there's a round of shots going. We've had people ask us for nitro cold brew on the dance floor. It could wow. be a lot of things. A fireworks show. I was playing a party once and boom, this the sound went out. Yeah. And I had the drummer keep going and I had the guys sing a cappella. <laughs> you know, until yeah. it came back. But it literally just just blew. Yeah. It's such a temperamental situation. Um We've actually, in terms of our venues, we've been trying to lean toward a side of like thorough client, like client and vendor walkthroughs, specifically with our venue, Ivy Terrace in the city. I try to get people to like come to the venue and talk with me yeah. about way where they're planning to set up and give me very thorough power information. I mean, I've seen like a photo booth vendor show up on site at our tented pavilion in Norwalk and ask where he's plugging in, not having brought up like a power cord to plug in with, you know, he just brought like the oh, action well, and it's, well, yeah. you're in the middle of a, a lawn. Better safe than sorry. You know, you've, you've given a client a contract. Why not make sure you can execute on it? Exactly. Do you know that we actually carry extra speakers in case like a speaker blows? That's smart. Because a, speak, cause a speaker could blow, that's not our fault. Yeah. Or it's just things happen. And if the sound goes out, you have to take care of it. Yeah. I mean, that's my, that's my job. Yeah, of and course. It's like, I can't say, well, sorry, you know, the speaker blew. Yeah, well. <laughs> I have my 150, <laughs> 300 year. guests here. You better put some music on, right? That's the yeah, client's exactly. perspective. I don't care what you have to do. <laughs> and they're, they're right, though. Yeah. The reason I brought up the coffee pot with, with you, if you have some waiter that just randomly plugs in two coffee pots instead of, you know, instead of one and it blows, that's on you. Yeah. On sighted events, you have like this kind of catch and release energy with the, the staff where you're like, hey, please go do this. Okay, did so-and-so do this? Right. Mm, where you're kind of okay. like following them around, but also you have like all, you're basically delegating all the tasks to do. Do you have like, 
lieutenants that you know that you can trust that you know that are on the job of course you know people. so we're lucky with our with our team in that mark has built the company based on retaining full-time team members who are both chefs and captains um oh, wow. the culinary team is comprised of our executive chef a chef de cuisine a few executive sous chefs and a few sous chefs as well as a pastry team some of the people that I work with have worked at really incredible restaurants. I have a couple of guys that have had a taste of like working with John George. Our pastry chef was formerly at Morea. Wow. Our executive chef um, worked with Bill Taby in a few of his restaurants in Connecticut. They're all very diverse in the, the food and, and cultural experiences that they've had. So they allow for us to be a bit limber with our clients who are requesting custom menu items. And then in terms of cooks on site, we typically... Just, just so people understand the terminology. Yeah. There's on site and off premise. Yes. Off premise is literally just the catch all phrase for... Going into a, a, a raw space, be it your backyard or yeah, or an office, or I've done a, I've done two thousand hot dogs off of the sidewalk in front of Hammerstein Ballroom. Like it really oh, can really? be anything. Yeah, you oh, work out, out of a okay. closet if you want. Um, sometimes the clients expect you to do that. <laughs> For real? That's yep. Off premise. <laughs> yeah. So in other words, making something magical. In a field. Yeah. Where there is nothing. There's nothing. I've literally done a frosé in a field. It's ridiculous, the things that we've been able to accomplish with little to nothing. Okay, so On The Mark has a bunch of actual locations. Yes. We have 10 exclusive venues. One that I just booked was uh, Hudson Lofts. Yeah. Hudson Loft is awesome. Um, I'm not sure what you think, but I think that it channels like... I haven't been there yet. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll have to No, I there. can't wait, but I know the... I know the area. I lived in Irvington five, six years. So that venue, in my eyes, is like the the Brooklyn loft that everyone in New York is excited about. The industrial loft, but it's in Westchester. Usually in Westchester, we're working at either schools or in people's private backyards in terms of catering. And then the venues that exist are really more country clubs and manors and like these beautiful estate style venues. No, I even saw the, the Capitol Theater. Yeah. Capitol Theater is one of our preferred venues. We are not exclusive with the Capitol Theater. It's a little bit of a different relationship, but we've been able to do some incredible build outs there and their team, specifically Emily, they've been such a joy to work with. We did an event with them back in September to kind of reimagine the space. Then we actually did a huge party with them back in December, which was quite a build out. And that was, that was awesome. Defined build out, like, literally constructing yeah, a set. Of course. Like a, like a movie set. Yeah. Like when you go to a theater and the space, the stage is raw and the next day you come back and they've built like beauty and the beast, you know? <laughs> okay. That's a build out. Yeah. In terms of our, it's a great expression. Yeah. In terms of our exclusive properties, we also have Ivy Terrace, which is a venue in Midtown East. It's a block off of Grand Central. It's on third Avenue, right? Yeah. It's awesome. Um, it's, it's, it's within this beautiful um, luxury real estate building um, that Mark's Realty has recently kind of been just completely repositioning. Their CEO has been doing an incredible job with all their properties, but this one is kind of has this wonderful bellhop lobby when you first enter and then guests <laughs> take an elevator. Um, it can be private up to, to the Ivy Terrace space, but it's more of a lounge and terrace vibe. So it's better for a cocktail style event. And it has this very 1920s modern, but still vintage kind of vibe. That's one of our on-premise venues where we manage the sales and operations of that property. So if a client goes there for a walkthrough, they meet with me, even though I'm not technically a representative of Mark's, I represent on the mark and we kind of take care of the property for, for them. Okay. And then we have eight other properties that we partner with for events in Fairfield County. One is the Audubon Society in Greenwich. If you are into nature at all, there are like all kinds of beautiful trails. We have a little, 
a little red barn on the property, which can seat 70 guests. We've built a tent on premise for 150 for buffet before. Mm -hmm. There's also this really uh, wonderful body of water next to the barn that could be used for, for ceremony. So that's been like a really cool property to work on, obviously benefiting a good cause as well. There's Arch Street Teen Center in Greenwich, which is kind of like a safe haven for teens to be able to go out and not be necessarily associating going out with drinking and partying. We've done a bunch of mitzvahs there. That's more of like a industrial brick building with two floors. We see a lot of large DJ and band activations. What, what do you do at the PAC Center? The, at uh, SUNY Purchased. At Purchase, yeah. So there are a few spaces that we work out that have that theater style setup. So depending on the space and kind of like the, 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 their internal operations related to events, oftentimes people will take the chairs out or they'll build a floor over. Regardless, you kind of have to deal with the fact that the, the floor isn't even. Perfect. So you have to, oh, oh. you have to either build a floor in or you have to be okay with an uneven floor via a cocktail style event um, or right. utilize the lobby or utilize the stage for the event. So one of my colleagues, actually, um, Amanda, she did an incredible uh, mitzvah there last year at Purchase. I mean, the no photo, I wasn't physically there, but it was the photos were incredible. Um, I think these theater style venues are really ideal for a mitzvah client. They work well for a corporate holiday party or a nonprofit yeah, yeah, organization. Yeah, yeah. Um, and SUNY Purchase has a large space. We are not uh, an exclusive partner of theirs, but but I believe that we're a good partner for them. The places like Hudson Loft, is that like an on-the-mark location? Yes. Does that have a permanent permanent kitchen? Yes. And a- and a permanent staff and a permanent. It does not have a full permanent staff. The permanent staff is our team. Because it's only, because it's only open when for events. For events. Yeah, probably be open to like if someone wanted to, I don't know, do a video shoot or like a, a weekly office or some kind of whatever utilization of the space when we're not hosting events. Um, but our team on the mark does operate sell market that space there is a commercial kitchen which is fantastic the space is nine thousand square feet the kitchen has a fryer two convection ovens a double refrigerator a freezer a walk-in it's got steel tables burner ovens i think there's two burner stoves with being an on-premise venue we're able to build in value for our clients right so at Hudson Loft, a client who books Hudson Loft will will receive the tables, chairs, glassware, silverware, bars, any furniture. We have high boy stools and couches. Those things are all included within them purchasing that venue. For the night, yeah. Yeah. So okay. versus an off-premise event, Hudson Loft and our other on-premise exclusive venues were able to build in value for the clients, whether it's furniture or things that we've built into the space. Like, I mean, building out a kitchen in a tent could cost anywhere between two and $3,000 at the very least. So, um, so the value there alone is just, is just bonkers, you know? That's like if the band can just arrive and just like plug their equipment into the sound system and no sound system has to be purchased because you're at a theater, right? So You know what's funny is that anytime that there's a place that says, oh, we have a sound system, you could just plug into it. It makes me nervous. Yeah, I would be nervous too. Like what you said along, you know, in the in the very beginning, these people hired me a year in advance yeah. to provide them with music. I, I can't say, oh, it's their fault <laughs> you know their speakers blew it's yeah. like but the sound that comes out of my band has to sound a certain way yeah i completely um, understand so it that. makes me very nervous when people say yeah you're putting your success into someone else's property exactly and and it's it's funny like you know as a as a um, as a like a band i'm sure that oftentimes there are many different ways you have to advocate for like a really great performance for your team whether it's trying to get them to purchase rent, whatever the proper sound system or instilling within them that you need a stage 
or you need a floor covering or you need lighting, we have the same considerations that can make the event more seamless as a caterer. Maybe it's your florist providing us flowers for the passing trays so that they match the design of the event. Maybe it's uh, your stationer providing a custom menu card that matches the invitations or the escort cards that went out. It could be lighting on our stations because if you don't like food on a station, it looks like shit and no one knows what they're eating (laughs) and they can't read the sign. So maybe it's asking for lighting from the AV partner And I think that a lot of this kind of cross collaboration has been emerging with a lot of vendors that I love to work with. One time I called up Adam, we were doing an event at Ivy Terrace. I called up Adam LaFell and I was like, Hey man, I really need some uh, banana leaves uh, because I want to serve food off of these naked models. And like, I'm sure that these, (laughs) and I'm like, and I'm sure that these leaves are not poisonous. So if you're at the flower market and you pick them up, I would really appreciate it. And I'm, and of course he's like, don't worry about it. I'll pick it up for you. And like, it's on me, like just super generous, but we have that rapport where we kind of just pick, pick up each other's not slack, but we help boost each other up. If I tell Milo from ESP, like, Hey man, I really need you to put some pin spots on my food because it looks really bad. He's going to say, of course, I will take care of that. And um, yeah. And the same with a lot of other AV vendors like Sebastian from CBAT's events. Like we have a lot of really wonderful industry partners that if you're just like, you explain to them why you need it, even if the client is unwilling to waver on the price, if it's like a really small thing that you're asking for, they'll help you out, you know? Yeah, sure. So Another thing is that every major party planner said that, says that lighting is everything. It's so true. And you're saying, you know, without pin spots, without lighting, you know, the food looks like shit. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or without a menu, you, what are you eating? The server's going to yeah, yell yeah, it to yeah. you? Like, I don't know. <laughs> We're going to put little yeah. note cards on the table in front of the family style dishes. Like, we could do that. Um, I've had clients that want to label their food. Um, but I think... It'll be ugly, but it, you can do it. Yeah, I think it would take some of the class away from the event, but we could we could definitely do it. Right. <laughs> So how are you guys doing in this, whatever we want to call it, the, the pause or this pivot in, you know, in, in, in how we're all doing our work? Yeah, I mean, this is a crazy time. I think everyone who's in our industry, we're all incredibly hardworking, fast-paced, hungry, passionate people. And yeah. We all had like this kind of vision of what 2020 was going to be. And and I think everyone in the world probably had that same vision of what this year was going to be like. Even I personally, like I thought that this was not real. It wasn't going to happen for real. It was just I was in a, st- a stage of denial almost. Yeah, no, it was hard to believe if anyone told us four months ago that we be doing this yeah you know you and i could be doing this podcast on a saturday night yeah in may <laughs> where that would be an unheard of yeah you know it would mean that neither yeah. one of us is doing very well if we're home on a saturday night it's crazy yeah it is crazy luckily our team took that energy the frustration the unclear what was going to happen next and mark who's the owner mark weber Um, who's just like this incredible ball of energy. He's like, we are going to do delivery and we're going to figure out what people want. And so we pose the question to our clients, you know, do you want private chef? Do you want bulk meal prep? Do you want healthy delivery food? Like, what is it that you want? And we landed on launching Crave. Crave is a healthy and delicious bulk meal prep style, family style dining experience that's delivered via contact-free delivery. We've expanded from solely delivering in Westchester and Fairfield to delivering in Westchester, Fairfield, Nassau, Bergen, and New York City. In the very beginning, we were just offering protein sides, salads. Who came up with the name Crave? Uh, It's a great name. I was actually on the phone with my colleague, Harry, and we were just going back and forth about like what it needed to be called. And the the crazy part about this whole situation, Doug, is that like we talked about Crave on a Monday. The beginning of the ideation 
happened on a Monday and we had a website live by Wednesday. That is how hard our team worked. Um, and, and, and a site that was, you know, there, there have been adjustments to the copy and like how (laughs) we're communicating certain things. But in retrospect, I think that what we put together was pretty good. Um, but Harry and I were going back and forth and we were just like, we're going to call it Crave. And I asked a few other people who are on the sales team and we were just like, it's Crave. That's it. (laughs) It's a great name. I love it. Yeah. I mean, there's so much that we crave, you know, like everyone craves being together right now and we can't be, they crave being away from the people that are trapped in whatever environment they're in. They crave getting outside or doing the things they normally would. And people are talking, I'm not even missing like these really ridiculous, wonderful trips I went on. I miss going like for a walk in the park with my friends, you know? So there's a lot of crave. It's just a matter of what you crave, right? Well, that's what I was, that's, that's what I was asking why, how, who came up with the name. That's a great name. Yeah, so it was me and Harry. We worked on it, and then our, our team was like, yeah, okay. That sounds okay. <laughs> um, and So how big is the actual organization on the, on the mark? During like our high, t- our high tide, we are 18 full-time employees, and we can range anywhere between three and 500 part-time staff, depending on what's going on, you know? Yeah, yeah, sure. So we have, I think, eight to nine culinary team members, and then the rest is marketing and sales. We have which is you? No, you're the head of marketing and sales. I'm, no? I'm the I'm the manager of of business development and marketing. I was teasing you <laughs> last night on, on your email that you have the longest title I've ever. Yeah, it's quite a ever. mouthful. But I, I actually wrote it down: <laughs> marketing and business development manager at On the Mark Catered Events. It's like yeah, at least. Seven were eight words. Well, how would you recommend that that title get consolidated? Like, I would like to be like one day, like the director of growth. I feel like that would be a really cool title. But does that say anything? What does it say? No. That says nothing. So we should just evade that whole thing. Don't let me name any other things. Take it away. Take it away. Just stay, you know, stay with Grave. Yeah. Crave, is this for individuals, for companies? Well, I don't know if there's such a thing as companies anymore because they don't really have offices because people are walking home. So where does Crave deliver and to how many people is the average delivery? The the portioning of the menu... And of the, the the items that we're selling is is four. So oh yeah. Oh, okay. So we're so we're you know you pick up. So not four hundred. No. So this is for individual persons. Okay. We've done anywhere from twenty nine to one hundred and forty orders in one single batch. The batches go out twice a week. We've evolved the product a little bit. We started selling gift cards. Then we started selling wine. Then we added on something called collections, which is like, if you don't want to pick your menu, click on the collection. And those collections are updated per the weekly menu updates. So that's kind of like an easy click in. And then we've done Easter, Passover. We're doing Mother's Day over the next couple of days. And then eventually... Here's a question. For Easter or Passover, both are known as big meal, family type situations. And if you can't have more than 10 people in a room at the same time, social distancing, that's why you're doing things in terms of four. Yeah. Well, just the general, like, I think the average family is probably somewhere around four within a home. We've had people who are celebrating Passover with their in-home family of eight, for example, and they order two of the Passover packages. So it's kind of scalable like that. I just want to be back celebrating with people and celebrating with industry friends, but also like watching other people have really special moments and like kind of being a part of like the performance that is doing an event. Like I just am ready to be back on site. Um, I'm so glad to hear you say that because people ask me about the same kind of thing. And I, I say, honestly, I genuinely miss the faces of people when we play a song and they run onto the dance floor Yeah, and they just have a great time. Yeah. And I genuinely miss that, you know? Yeah. I guess from a catering perspective, I crave that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like you miss like the, the people waiting at the, like the kitchen door, like they've discovered where the kitchen is and they're waiting outside of where the servers will come out (laughs) to get the food. Or I always love 
if the father of the bride speaks, that's usually my favorite speech at a wedding or watching the bride walk down the aisle, but looking at the groom is also special. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, here's a question for you. What did you do with all your May, June, July, August? I have one client that's holding on to September 12th. <laughs> and, she, and I just talked to her yesterday and she says, uh, just keep it for me. Just, I said, oh, trust me, the band, the band has nowhere else to go. Yeah. If you're going to be there, we'll be there. She says, we're just hoping against hope that we have it. And if, if we have to reschedule, we reschedule it. Yeah. But I haven't had any cancellations Every single person's rescheduled. I am completely keyed out of like all the yeah. rescheduling. Our directors of sales and event production, Amanda and Lauren, they both have been more involved in the rescheduling and postponement process. Not easy. Yeah. I mean, I think that the reality is, is that every client is a different client and they have different needs. Um, and we all as an industry are just trying to do the best that we can by these clients um, within reason, you know? Um, sure. And I think what I've also realized is in being as good as you can to all the clients who are rescheduling and postponing, and it's really mutually very difficult for everyone that's involved. We are for some, for some, in most cases, we're creating what I call an industry cheerleader or a cheerleader. Um, if they're working with a planner, we are making the planners job easier. If they're advocating for themselves and we are making them feel more comfortable with the fact that their event is going to be safely executed. You know, there are obviously some financial implications for businesses like ours where the cash flow is based on finalizing a contract. Um, yeah, getting deposits. And so trying to create a policy that advocates for each business is important. Um, but ultimately, you know, we, we also have to make sure our reputations come out of this strong and that people are still wanting to be like on the mark, did my wedding or on the mark, did my daughter's first wedding. And now I want them to do our second daughter's wedding or exactly. it's like, it's ridiculous to think of the like small connections that some of these clients can make for you. And our clients have been just so good to us since Mark started this company. I mean, he, his, this company was born out of him cooking in people's private homes in, in Fairfield County. Like he, Oh, no kidding. He's a, he's a chef. Yeah. He started this company by himself and it was born out of friends of his parents, letting him come over and make these incredible dinners for their families. And, you know, slowly he needed, needed more help. And he brought on a few people and kind of evolved into this, off-premise catering and exclusive venue management company that needs a marketing department. Wow. So it's cool. And bring in Joy Lock. Bring in Joy Lock. That was the qu- most questionable decision that Mark made. <laughs> He's going to regret that one probably. Just kidding. No, two years. That's, two years. That's, I think you're in city. You're pretty safe. You've got tenure. Yeah. Um, we'll see. <laughs> Um, so when do you think this whole thing will be over? I don't know. It's if I was a client, say. if I was a client and saying, okay, I was supposed to do it in June. Can we safely move to November? Yeah. That's why you say you don't get involved in the scheduling. I okay. am. I am completely uninvolved in the scheduling portion. I had my ear to the radio. The problem is that everyone is making their own conclusions with no information. We have no guidelines provided by the fda the cdc the doh osha like no one is saying nothing anything uh, at least from a food perspective i mean people are have i have friends who have drawn up floor plans based on a six foot distancing and i don't know like are people gonna no, want for a party yeah are people going to want to sit in a room and and sit six feet apart from each other to watch a ceremony? Are they going to want to go to an event if they feel unsafe eating or they're not sure if like what safety precautions are being taken by the staff or by the venue or... Or considering the fact that the only places that are being talked about on the news are meatpacking places. Yeah. I have a friend who works for the FDA and she was telling me that they have not incentivized employees to be able to take time off 
if they're not feeling well. Um, there are a lot of people who work in those plans that don't have health benefits. Right. And they're very low paying jobs. Yeah. Uh, it's upsetting that this kind of just circus goes on. Donald Trump. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Say no more. This is what we're dealing um, with here. It's a circus. Is there anything we didn't talk about? I think I left out a little bit about like how sales and operations um, team works and how we kind of do operations, which I think is one of the best things about our company. So tell me about the team. Of course. We have obviously Mark, who's the CEO and owner, founder, whatever title we want to and call And he's very hands-on. He's very hands-on, he's... constantly pushing for new ideas, for development. He's extremely smart, and I've learned a lot from him. Lauren and Amanda are our directors of sales and event productions. Amanda focuses on our on-premise venues like Hudson Loft, so you've probably been in touch with her. And Lauren is our director of sales and, and productions for off-premise events, or if it's an Ivy Terrace event or any venue that's not an exclusive property and we're doing uh, off-premise catering, she's the one that the clients are dealing with in sales. We have two event producers to support Lauren and Amanda, one of whom is named Emily. She is wonderful. She and I started around the same time. Um, she's our beverage manager and she kind of is, I like to say that she's like a golden retriever. Um, she's just, <laughs> and I mean that like there, I mean that in like the most endearing way, like she, no day is a bad day for Emily. She annihilates her to-do list and is like smiling. And in terms of marketing, there's Caitlin who is my supervisor, but I would say she's the person that I go to with all my problems and she has to deal with me. Um, <laughs> she's wonderful. She has done some incredible projects with Mark. She was very, very involved and drove the ship when we, um, when our team wrote a cookbook and launched it. Oh, tell me about that. She self-published our cookbook, had it, had it shipped here and made in China. Her and Xavier, our executive chef, collaborated on the copy related to the recipes and there are a bunch of really fun tips. Okay, let's sell the book a little bit. What's it, what's it called? So it's called Beginnings, How the Party Started. Okay. The book is about okay. how On the Mark began, um, and it offers recipes for hors d'oeuvres and cocktails at home, and it tells a few personal stories about Mark and how he grew up and why he likes cooking and has some really sweet notes to his um, loved ones, like his wife and um, his son, Ethan, and his mom. Um, I remember reading it my first month with the company it was before the book was published. I read it actually cover to cover. I don't know if I've ever admitted that to anyone. Um, <laughs> I learned a lot. There are a lot of really good tricks. And also it made me feel really confident about the company that I worked for and the people that I worked with and what we sell. It's also great because you can give the, this tool to someone who maybe they don't want to have a party where someone comes into their home and cooks and they just want to like impress their significant yeah. other or do something a little special for themselves. Like it gives them a little bit of an arsenal to like tear it up in the kitchen. There are the actual recipes for the things that we cook still on site. Um, and obviously the recipes have developed. It's really cool. Yeah, you have to constantly change. Taste changes. Yeah. The hot new ingredients yeah, change. It, the songs people want to hear you, change. That's what I was just going to say. I mean, like we're constantly adding new songs. Just keep the band fresh. Yeah. I love the fact that you're smiling when you're talking about all your coworkers and, and your boss because I did a podcast with this woman in Los Angeles and she she happened to go to school at NYU and she did an internship with Danny Meyer. Oh, wow. That's legendary. Uh, yeah. And she talks about Danny Meyer to this day. Like that was like 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Yeah. And she has the look on her face like, the way you do now. I mean, look, if you can work with people who excite, inspire, drive you, then why would you want to work with anyone else? Sometimes, like, sometimes like, oh, Mark, like, why do you have to think of this so last minute? Why couldn't you think of this two <laughs> weeks ago? Or why can't we talk about this further in advance? Or, oh, but you know what? He's always right. <laughs> really? Yeah, he's always right. And, you know, the same with my colleagues. They Caitlin, Amanda, Lauren, Emily, we all have things that we can share with and learn from each other. And the same with the culinary team. I'm constantly like, I go downstairs to our pastry chef and I'm like, hey, I need five minutes away from my computer. How does bread rise? And he's like, <laughs> he like spits the chemistry of bread at me. And I'm just like, this is amazing. These people love what they do. 
And what we do isn't easy and making our clients happy isn't easy, but there's no feeling like the moment after the cake is cut and goes out at a wedding or the last client leaves or you like you have a client who is so happy that they write you a positive letter afterward or like there's no feeling Nothing like bad. that you know even being in restaurants you get a bad client you know you get a bad table they get up and they leave and you have the chance to do the performance over again we have one chance to get it right so yeah. it's an immense amount of pressure because whoever the person is that's our client has this extreme expectation of what it's going to be and the best you can manage their expectations throughout the planning process and then exceed them on site day of, that's what I would recommend anyone does. People have asked me if there's like one quality that everyone I have interviewed, you're the 57th. Wow. Person. And the uh, people have ranged from like 21 years old to 80 or no, Sylvia Weinstein yeah. was literally turning 90 <laughs> a week. She's and, so know. amazing. I've seen her she on a panel before, amazing. and she's incredible. You should go out to for drinks with her, but <laughs> serious vodka drink. <laughs> and she I would drink vodka for, for her. Otherwise, I'm not drinking it. <laughs> I'm like a scotch, you, scotch kind of girl. A brown, yeah. a brown girl. I like brown the girl. brown stuff. I worked at a few bars learning about like craft beer and fresh fruit cocktails. And I learned how to make a sick Irish coffee there though, like fresh whipped cream in front of the guests. Oh, so that was no cool. Kidding. Yeah, that was cool. I'm sure the guests loved it too. Like, oh, look at this girl <laughs> shaking my cream. You're welcome. <laughs> but no, I also worked at one place where I learned how to make shrubs for a little while, like shrubs and bitters. Really cool. Wait, what's a shrub? So in cocktails, you have like liquor and liqueur and you have bitters, which is usually a really high ABV concentrate and sometimes it has flavors. And then you have shrubs. Shrubs are actually made from vinegar and sugar and an integration from some sort of fruit. So like you skin three grapefruits and you put sugar into a glass container and you fill it with vinegar and shrubs are created. Um, they're kind of like a sour balancer. So they could be used as an alternate or in addition to like lemon and lime to create a cocktail, but they're, they're really tasty. Some people will just <laughs> have shrubs. Like they'll do like a soda and shrubs and no alcohol. Really? Yeah, that's like a real hipster move, but I'm kind of, you know, I'm not opposed to it. <laughs> I would consider it. Yeah, I mean, I've got to work work with some really cool bartenders in the past. Um, this one gentleman, Nelson, he really taught me a lot. Um, he taught me how to work clean and smart, but also make like ridiculous drinks, like just ridiculous. Really? Yeah, I only worked with him for like two weeks side by side, but he was, he taught me a lot in that time. You can really put a lot of things in, into a cocktail. <laughs> I once made a cocktail that was made with pumpkin juice in the fall. Oh it was cool. I didn't love it, to be honest, but it was fun to try, you know. I'm not a big fan of pumpkin pumpkin spice, whatever. Yeah, well, pumpkin yeah. spice primarily comes from like cardamom, sometimes cinnamon. It depends on what they're making, but it usually doesn't taste normal. Right. Do your clients know that you know all this stuff? They have no idea, probably. They. I actually <laughs> had a client complain once that I was too young. You want to tell me you worked in hospitality for 16 years and then get back to me? Because I have. <laughs> but that's fine. Or, ha or how to make shrubs? Yeah. Let me know when, you do when you're done with your shrubs. <laughs> uh, so funny. But, you know, I think this whole field is constantly evolving. I'm curious to see where we're going to end up. Joy, thank you so much for doing this. This is really great. It was my pleasure. Thanks for thinking of me, thinking of On The Mark. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. And I'll, I'll have to send you my videotape. We should start working together. Yeah. Send me as much video footage as you like. Okay. Keep me in the loop. Right, cool. Like, add me to your list. I want to know what's going on. <laughs> I want to understand what the ideal client is for our partners, you know? You don't really want to do mitzvahs, so I'm not going to send you mitzvahs because you probably... The only time we do bar mitzvahs, and it's great, but they have to have the budget to have both a band and a DJ. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you find that they use you guys during the main portion and the DJ during cocktail hour or the other way? No, no, like mixing. Because oh. we, we started out as a house band in the city. We mixed 
our sets with the DJ sets. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is great. Yeah. It was a really pleasure. Kind of, I really appreciate good. you spending all this time listening to me go on and on. I have to have a virtual cocktail hour. Yeah. We can teach me how to actually make some. Yeah. I actually had the pleasure of doing one last week for WIPA. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. I taught them how to make my egg white margarita. Wow. Yeah. If you look at, you know what? Look on Instagram okay. and go to Doug Winters Inc. Yesterday I posted talking to this really pretty bride. That's the one I was telling you about. Yeah. I see them. I'll also follow so, you with my personal account. Oh, great. I wasn't already so following do, you somehow. It's weird. Yeah. And I'm, I don't think I'm following you. Are, are you under? Yeah. Mine is J. It's J0. You'll see it. It'll come up. Um, I'm also going to send this to our other two venues that I have profiles for, and I'll add you there so you can get a few more followers. Oh, Oh, beautiful. But it's just her talking about planning a wedding. And then is there like some link that they, oh, bit.ly? This is how they can get to hear the rest of it? Oh, yeah. Amazing. Wow, she is beautiful. Isn't she? Oh, my God. And you know, her makeup is like natural in like a, like, in like a good way. Oh, wedding. yeah. She's I love a natural bride. Girl. She's such a beautiful girl. Yeah, she's stunning her jawline. Like, she's really pretty. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that our clients and our industry friends are our biggest cheerleaders. Well, they should be. Yeah, they better be. They're the ones that have to deal with your shit, you know? Exactly. Exactly. And I've often compared it to like being a a contractor for a house. Yeah, that's exactly what we are. Yeah, we're working constantly with the client, you know, and you're in someone's house every single day. And then you're not. I mean, being in their house and being at their wedding is still, those are still both very intimate moments too. Well, you're the best. Thanks. I appreciate you. (laughs) Thank you so much. This is terrific. Yeah. I'll talk with you soon. Keep me in mind for your virtual, your virtual happy hours. Anytime. You got it. Okay. Okay. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. So did I lie? I don't think I did. She is, I mean, listen, this is the first time I met her as well. You're meeting her as I'm meeting her, but she's amazing. And I hope you enjoyed that. As usual, you can find me on Instagram as Joy just did at Doug Winters Inc. And she is at on the mark. That's all one word. I'll be posting 60 seconds of my conversation with Joy so that you can see just who this amazing lady is. Oh, I forgot to mention that pretty girl that we were talking about is actually a real bride of mine named Jackie Nelson Donovan, who was kind enough to come on as my last guest, episode 56. You can check that out after you check this one out or before you check this one out. DM me on Instagram and let me know who you'd like to have on the podcast and subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. I will see you next time. Bye-bye.